Today we're talking about peace. Peace. In the in the King James, I didn't I didn't look at New King James. Well, I did, but I looked at the King James Version. How many of you still are stuck in King James? <laughs> oh, there's to be a, yeah, I'm stuck right there. Yeah. That's okay. It's all right. Thou beest o kissed. To be stuck us there. You wax us cold. No. <laughs> I never didn't know what waxing coal was and Anyway, just moving on. In the King James Version, many people believe that that's still the best version, best translation. In the word peace, say peace. It's listed over 400 times. I'm I'm thinking it's probably pretty important if it's listed 400 times in the Old Testament and New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, CJ, what's the word for peace? But you're on the spot, brother. Starts with an S and an H. Shalom. He's like, oh, Sam, help me. <laughs> Why did the pastor do that to me? <laughs> okay, that's it. How many say shalom? shalom. It means peace. You'll, you'll hear that when you, you see Jewish people. They say it all the time. Shalom, 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 shalom. Peace. And in the New Testament, it's not the word shalom. How many of you know what the word in the New Testament for peace is? If you just raise your hand, I'll embarrass you in front of everybody if you get it wrong. No? It's arena. Say, or, or arena. Say, arena. And it's spelled, it looks like Irene. So if you know somebody named Irene, their, their name actually means peace. It's E-I-R-E-N-E, uh, Irene. But in, in the Greek, it's Irena. And it also means almost the same thing as, as Shalom means in the Old Testament. So let me give you some definitions of, and this is according to the, the, the Lexicon, or whatever you want to call it in the, in the Bible, it, ta- it teaches you what the definitions of these words are. Shalom could be described as completeness, soundness, welfare, peace, safety, soundness in health, in body, okay? Prosperity, quiet, tranquility, contentment, and friendship. Those are all good, wouldn't you say? All of those are good. Say yes. Okay, and in the New Testament, the word arena defines uh, peace as national tranquility. He's talking about the national peace. Exemption from the rage and the havoc of war. Peace between individuals. And in effect, harmony, security, safety, and prosperity. So it's kind of the same thing uh, in the Old and the New Testament. It just means that you're getting along. Anybody know about that? Look at your neighbor. And if your neighbor, if you're not getting along with your neighbor, say, I want to get along with you. Not alone. Along. I want to get alone with you huh. while well, I'm moving. Huh. I'll just get along. You know the old saying, can't we just all get along? Anybody say that at work? Can we just all get along? Well, you know, it's Christmas season, and I love Christmas. And growing up as a child, um, you know, my brother and I, were, we're a year and a half apart. We fought like just all the time. We just fought. I mean, just for the fun of it, you know. And you just see him, and he'll, you know, he'd see me, and he'd slap me in the head, and then I'd slap him back. And then we'd be rolling on the floor fighting, you know, and then somebody would get hit accidentally. We didn't try to hurt each other necessarily. We just tried to get the best of the other person. So every Christmas as, as children, and even into our teenage years, you know, what you do as a, as a child, you go to your mom, you say, Mom, mom what do you want for Christmas? And you're hoping she'll say something silly like, you know, uh, just get me a, an apple or an orange or something. Uh, that's back and way back, you know. My parents, that's all we got was an apple and an orange. And I said, you got to be kidding. No, they, were, they were telling the truth. But my mother would always say the same thing every Christmas season. 
I just want you and your brother to get along. I want you and your brother just not to fight. We never gave her that for Christmas. <laughs> she wanted peace. She didn't care about peace on earth, goodwill toward man. She just wanted peace in our little home on 14 West 26th Street. I was born in San Angelo. I'm a lifer in San Angelo, Texas. I like I still drive by the old house and look, you know, I'm, I'm you know you're old when you go look at your old houses where you used to live. <laughs> Boy, they sure messed that house up, you know. <laughs> go by Reagan Elementary and drive out and that doesn't even look like the school I went to. Man, they made that they looks like a prison. They got fences all around it. Oh man. So but that's what my uncles used to do when they would come to town. They say, Let's drive over to Ballinger and let's see where we used to live. <laughs> Anybody do that? Anybody old enough to go back and okay. Got a lot of older folk here. Apparently I am I am. I'm I'm a senior citizen. So today we're gonna to be looking at peace, the gift of peace, because God said it's important. He matter of fact it's so important to him that he named his son the Prince of Peace. Okay? I want you to stand. We're going to read this version. This is from the Passion Translation. The Land of Oscar turned us on to that when she was here. Uh, yeah, go ahead and stand. Everybody stand. I saw some people going, oh, was it time? No. <laughs> now, no. Okay. We're going to stand. We're going to read the Word of God together. This is from the Passion Translation. John 14, 27. Read this aloud with me. I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world. But my perfect peace, don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I thank you for the word of God that is going to saturate us today. It's going to fill our hearts today. It's going to change us today. Your word is a, is a sword and it's going to do surgery in our hearts today and bring us to a place of peace in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay, now you can, now you can sit down. Don't say that I, I want to get alone with you, anybody. Okay, the first thing I want you to see is that peace was prophesied in the Old Testament. Okay? Peace prophesied, and, and these are scriptures that many of you know. Some of you may have, have never heard them. But in Isaiah 9, verse 6, and we're going to be doing a lot from the New King James, uh, Isaiah is, in, is uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this, okay? For unto us a child, capital C, is born. Unto us a son, capital S, is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. These are capitals. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, who is he talking about? Who is Isaiah talking about? Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking about Jesus. You know why I do that? So you keep awake. And if you're turning and you're saying that to somebody, they're already asleep, just nudge them. Say, man, you got to hear the word today. You need to hear the word. Wake up. Now the prophecy is fulfilled. We're going to go to the New Testament, Luke 2, chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings. What's another word for good tidings? Gospel. <laughs> Gospel means good news, okay? Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to who? All people. Say all people. all people. 
Okay, all people. He's bringing this news to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, or who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign. Say sign. This will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths or clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So he's, uh, he's prophesied it in Isaiah. And he's, he's the, the prophecy is being fulfilled before their very eyes. These shepherds knew scripture and they knew to go because God told them to go. The angels told them to go. And they, they said they prophesied that you're going to go and find this, this child, this Christ child, the Prince of Peace. And they, they prophesied that he was going to be peace for all men. So I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, God, I want to teach you. You've had me to teach on peace because peace, peace is so important for us. And in, in, especially in our lives today, most people just don't live in an attitude or a lifestyle of peace, do they? How many of you know, just don't, don't say about yourself, but how many of you know people that are not living in peace right now? They're just in your family. There's turmoil all the time. There's, there's all these things going on in their life and you just wonder when are they, when are they ever going to come to the place of peace? Well, here's how, here's, here's a scripture now that, that will kind of baffle you. Okay? Because peace, there's a peace that divides. There's a peace that divides. And, and so Jesus grows up, and now he's not a baby. He's not in the manger anymore. He has grown up. He has been filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's going out and he's doing ministry. He's a rabbi. He's a new rabbi in town, and he's teaching. And here's the Prince of Peace, and this is what he said in Matthew 10, verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. What? Are you kidding me? You just said, you just, they just said, you're the Prince of Peace. You're bringing peace to all men. He says, don't think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Or some of you maybe learned it, sword. I've not come to bring you peace, but a sword. And I'm going... Well, God, this just doesn't line up with my theology. You're the God of peace. You're the Prince of Peace. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. And you can go on and read that, and he talks more and more about division, that he has come. And when he has come, he said, I want to bring the sword. He said, I'm, I'm not here to bring peace. I'm here to bring a sword. So I'm trying to say, I'm asking the Lord, how do I present this? Because you know what a lot of preachers would do? They just wouldn't tell you about that verse. They're just preaching the good part of it. They just preach, oh, he's the prince of peace, good and peace toward man to all men, and he's the God of peace, going to give the gift of peace. And then they would not want to mention that he's, Jesus himself said, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. So here's what you got to do, church. you got to figure out why did he say that there when other things were said in other places. And that's where a lot of people get off on wrong religions, wrong theology, because they, they take things out of context and they don't read the whole Bible. They don't read it and put it together how God wanted it to be together because really the peace that he brings brings division. He does. The peace that Jesus brings brings division. It would just be easier to let's not talk about that one. But I'm telling you this morning, you know in your own families that because of your faith, because of your trust in Jesus Christ, it's brought division in your families. It's brought division between you and your friends. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. I'm telling you, when I gave my life to Christ, it brought division between me and my buddies. When I came back to San Angelo, Texas, they didn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. I was a Jesus freak. See, a lot of people don't want to be called that. They don't want to be called a Jesus follower. They don't want to be called a Christian because you know what? It brings division. 
You know, so what do they say? When you get together at Christmas, two things not to talk about. Religion and politics. And some people, that some families, that's all they want to talk about because they want to fight. Christmas ain't a good, ain't good, isn't a good Christmas unless there's a good fight. Everybody gets in their cars and goes home mad. Oh, I can't wait till Christmas next year. Whew. Yeah. Look at Luke 2. I want to, I hope you will follow with me this morning because this is, this is really how the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. Okay? This just didn't, uh, I've decided I want to preach a message on peace and there'll be some good things I put, put together. This is how God showed me this and it really was revelation to me. So I hope it's revelation to you. If it's not, that's cool too. You're way ahead of me. Luke 2, verse 25. I'm going to go back to the beginning. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for Israel to become free again under the government of God, uh, out from under the, the rule of Rome. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Okay, remember before, before Jesus departed and sent the Holy Spirit, how did the Holy Spirit come upon people? He would come upon people, then he would leave people. There would be special dispensations all through the Old Testament. And this is that case because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, had not yet come in power and inhabited people as, in, as, a, as a whole. He was still doing it in special dispensations. So the Holy Spirit had come upon Simeon. It had been, been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, so this guy, he's listening. We've been listening. We've been going through a series on how to hear the voice of God. Simeon is hearing the voice of God. And the voice of God said, Simeon, listen, I don't know. Doesn't matter how old you are, you're not going to die until you see the Christ child. That's a pretty good promise, wouldn't you say? Okay, so he said, you're not going to die. So he came by the Spirit. Again, he's being led by the Spirit of God into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant de depart in what? Peace. He's letting his servant depart in peace according to what? God's word. Okay, so Jesus is, this is like 40 days. He's 40 days old. He's already been circumcised at eight days. Now they're bringing him back to the temple. We have a little child, baby child, uh, you know, a parent child dedication. Well, it's kind of based upon that. And they brought Jesus, and Jesus was dedicated. And Simeon standing there and said, Man, oh, that's him. Holy Spirit says, That's him. Can you imagine, Misha, if you were Simeon on that day and you're in the temple and the Holy Spirit said, Go to the temple today. And all of a sudden you see this couple, this young couple, walk in with this baby. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, That's him. That's the Christ child. He's the Messiah. Wow. How would you like to have been Simeon on that day? God, you're so good. You promised me, and I'm getting to see the promise come to pass. See, he's not, he's not the different Holy Spirit than, there than he is today for us. He's the same Holy Spirit that promises us things. And when we see those things come to pass, we go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I heard your voice. I, I didn't hear the voice of a stranger. I heard your voice, and you promised me this, and it came to pass. That's how God is. That's how much he loves us. And he says he departed. Man, he was going to depart in peace because of the word of God. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Yeah, for sure. You see, God is a God of confirmation. They had heard the angels. They had the, the virgin birth had taken place, and yet they had a hard life in front of them that they had to walk it out. 
And so they come to the temple that day, and God says, Okay, Joseph and Mary, just in case you're a little discouraged today, I got a man there who's going to wait. He, he's going to let you know for sure. Simeon, he's waiting for Jesus to show up. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> but, look, but look what else he prophesied. Verse 34, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this Christ is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And for a sign which would be spoken against. That's a hard word, Brandy. He's the Christ child. He's the Messiah. He's going to save the world. He's the the Prince of Peace. But look what he's going to bring. Yes, a sword. He's talking to Mary now. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I want you to know this morning that Jesus Christ Christ came. He is the Prince of Peace, but his peace brought division. It brought division in his own country. All the Israelites, listen, most of the Israelites did not ever believe that Jesus Christ was Messiah. And to this day, they're waiting for Messiah to return, to come the first time. There are many, many Jews that have given their life. They have confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the ones that wrote this book, most of them were Jewish men that wrote this book. And they confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But many, most of them did not. Jesus brought division. His peace that he brought. The peace that he came to give to everyone. Those who rejected him. It brought division in their lives and in their country. And in their families. But I want you to see something that God showed me. It's about the word and the sword. Because right there in that verse, it says, Your servant will depart in peace according to your word. And then he speaks to Mary and says, Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Okay? When we talk about the, when we talk about the peace, we can't leave out the word. We cannot leave out the sword. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. John 1, 1, the word and the sword. John 1, verse 1, this is a, almost a mirror of Genesis. This is the New Testament version of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Jesus Christ is Creator God. You all understand that? When people say, who created the earth? Jesus Christ created the earth. He says it right here. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. See, he came to bring peace to all of mankind, but there's a lot of darkness. The light came in, but a lot of the dark didn't comprehend the light. They're all around you, church. They're in your workplace. They're in your families this Christmas. They're going to be coming. There are people that come to your, your family, your Christmas celebration. They're still walking in the dark. And you're the light that they're waiting to see. They need to comprehend the light. They need to understand the light that is in you. In verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is He talking about? Who is the Word? Who is the Word? Who is the Word? Jesus Christ is the Word. You got it the third time. That's great. Jesus Christ is the Word. He's not, he wasn't the Word. He's going to be the Word. He is the Word. He is the great I Am. When you talk about Jesus, you're talking about the Word of God. You're talking about whatever pursued it out is the Word. He's the Word. We can't fathom that in our finite human minds that the Word is Jesus. I thought the Word was this book. Well, this Word, this book is Jesus. 
he, he's brown. <laughs> he's the Word. So the Bible is very clear. I just want you to understand that this morning. If you came in here, you didn't understand that Jesus Christ is the Word and the Word was Jesus, then I hope you understand it now. God give us revelation of that. How important this is. Some of you treat this like it's just, oh, it's, it's okay. I got it. I'll read it once in a while. But I love Jesus. Listen, if you don't love the Word, you don't love Jesus. I'm just saying. If you don't love this, you don't love Jesus because that's his Jesus. This is Jesus. Somebody say, I'll say, word. <laughs> we know by Scripture that the word is also like a sword, don't we? Look at Revelation 1, 15. This was John. He had been... He had just God just knocked him down and said, John, I'm going to give you revelation. Don't move. I'm going, to, I'm going to pour into you, and I want you to write all this down. He said, I want you to write it all down. In Revelation 1, verse 15, his, he's describing this figure in front of him. He said, His feet was like fine brass as refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am, I say I am, I am the first and the last. Who was John talking about here as with the sword, the double-edged sword coming out of his mouth? He was talking about Jesus. Man, if I just ask questions, just think Jesus, and you'll have the answer normally. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> I wasn't sure about that, except for Shalom. So Jesus is the Word, and the Word is also a sharp two-edged sword. Cuts both ways. Right? Okay. Look at Hebrews 4. You know, many of you know the Scripture. You probably were wondering why I hadn't got there yet. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and powerful. Again, if you have your Bible, hold it up. Or hold your cell phone up and pretend that you got a Bible app. See, this is living and powerful. Lord, give us a revelation of that today. How important this is. It's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Luke 2.34, we already read it. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel for a sign which will be spoken against just a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You see that? That just got me. I was just, God was showing the sword. It's the sword way back in the beginning when baby, when Jesus was a baby. 
He said, Simeon was telling him about the sword, what the sword would do. And I'm thinking, God, oh, you're so good because the sword is so important. Because the word of God is everything to us. Because the word of God is a a two-edged sword. The word of God is Jesus Christ. And we can't have, we can't live a a life of peace apart from his word, apart from Jesus Christ. Apart from this, we cannot live a life of peace. And you can try it all you want, but you will fail. If this is not important to you, I will promise you that your life this morning is in turmoil. It's in chaos. And I'm talking to believers. Well, I just don't understand it, Pat. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into how you understand this because this is the other revelation that God showed me when He said to preach on peace. Now I'm going to show you a better translation of Luke 2.14. Okay? This is from the Amplified Bible, the classic edition. He says, this is when the angels came. The shepherds were down there. You know, they're watching their sheep. And the shepherds showed up. And they said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased, men of goodwill of his favor. Kind of changes it, doesn't it? Kind of changes it. We're not going to have peace if we're not walking in the obedience of the law of the Father. He says, listen, I'm going to give this peace to those of you that are pleasing my Father. So if you're walking in disobedience this morning to the Father, I will promise you this. Your life is in turmoil. There is chaos in your life. Just the way it is, church. A life of peace comes as we walk in obedience. But we don't always walk in obedience, do we? But as believers, if there is conflict in your life this morning and you have allowed sin to come in and bring you down or to divide your soul... This word, when submitted to and obeyed, will restore the peace that you've lost. He does not want us to live in chaos. We should be the most peaceful people of all. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. He says, if you can, at best, live at peace with everyone. We are supposed to be, we talk about, I'm a warrior in the spirit. That's okay to be a warrior in the spirit. But in life, as we walk through life, we are supposed to be people of peace. Over and over and over and over, he said to be people of peace because we have the Prince of Peace living in us. Now, I want to show you something about the sword in the Spirit. Almost through. Wow. I can stretch this out a lot longer than that. Just kidding. Because God, he just showed me these things. He said, Harold, let me, let me take you here. Look, Ephesians six seventeen. When we put on the armor of God, what do we do? We take up the what? The sword of the what? Okay, the sword of the Spirit. Have you, are you seeing these things tied together now? Are you seeing it? He said, to, put, to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is Jesus. But you've got to take up the sword in the Spirit. This is where a lot of people miss it. They just want to read this. And they just want to understand it. And they don't have any inclination that the Spirit of God wants to teach them what it really means. Holy Spirit wants to teach us who He really is. It's the sword and the Spirit. Remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about salvation. And in Romans 7, 24, uh, Paul was talking about, Man, I don't do what I want to do and I do what I shouldn't do. And he's having this conflict in his life. That's not peaceful, is it? 
A lot of you know what I'm talking about. Men, you, you think this thought, and men, you know, I shouldn't be thinking that thought. Or you do this thing, you think I should be doing that thing. And there's conflict in your life. And you go, man, oh, and this is what Paul said. He said, oh, wretched, where, where, oh, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he goes, and the, the answer is this. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He had to understand all of this conflict could be solved if he w- was walking in the Spirit. I want to show you why I'm saying that. If you go on to Romans 8, as he continued this, this discourse with the, with the people of Rome, it says to be carnally minded. And what's carnal mean? Worldly. Okay? To be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Say peace. So, guys, are you seeing how this is fitting together? It's a beautiful picture. We've got a, the sword is a good thing. The sword cuts. The sword, I, I heard one pastor say one time, and, and I love it. He said, the sword does surgery in our hearts. And sometimes it hurts. And you know, it's like, God, could you just use a little antiseptic, God? <laughs> Numb it first. Shoot. Ow. You know, it just, he, he cuts us because he loves us. The surgeon, listen, a surgeon, if he's going to do surgery on you, you know what he's going to have to do to make you well? He's going to have to cut you. Right? We want the other, you know, the the arthroscopic or the whatever, any the least invasive way you can do it, do it. And sometimes he said, no. When they cut me, they cut me. And they cut me. He said, that's one of the worst cuts you can ever have, Harold. It's going to be one of the most painful cuts you can ever have. And he was telling the truth. Because it's cutting through muscle. You may not think it. I have muscle in my stomach. He said, I've got that, that surgery that I had to do. But you know what that surgery did? It saved my life. Well, God gave, God saved my life, but he used the surgeon to do it. He wants to save your life this morning. And so he's going to do some surgery. Whether you like it or not, he's going to do some cutting on you. And I'm telling you, I'll say, Jesus is cut away. Because I, I need some stuff cut out. I need some stuff cut out. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Guys, we've got to get our minds back to living according to the mind of Christ and not our carnal minds. In Isaiah 26.3, way ahead of the Apostle Paul, way ahead of him, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If your mind is focused on everything but God... You're going to live in turmoil. You're going to live in chaos. He says he'll keep the one whose mind is stayed on he, thee in perfect peace. Many of you, many of you wear, uh, wear the chaos as a badge. It shouldn't be a badge of honor. Oh, I'm just going through. I'm going to show you that. It's not, and that shouldn't be that way. We're going to see that in a second. The gift of peace. So if your life is in turmoil this morning, if you live in fear and doubt and worry, Jesus has the gift of peace. I like that. It's a gift of peace. 
the gift of peace. His disciples were worried. They were all stressed out. What are you going to You said you're leaving, but you're coming back. You said you're going to die, but you're going to be raised up. We don't understand you, Jesus. This time we're really stressing out here. Help us out here. And then he said this to them. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or to be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. He said, God, stick with me. Hold on. I've got something for you. And he, he was coupling this peace with the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I've got, my spirit is going to come upon you. You're going to live in this peace that I've already prophesied over you. But you know what? They had to have their minds stayed on Christ. Once they started looking around at all the turmoil that was taking place, the arrest of Jesus, all of a sudden, they were, their mind wasn't on Christ. Their mind was on, let's run. <laughs> They're after us. And Jesus said, Jesus said, you guys, I know you're going to scatter. And Peter said, ain't no way I'm going to scatter. Ain't no way I'm running from you. I'm going to stay. I got my sword and I'm going to, I'm going to fight till the end. And Jesus said, no, Peter, before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. And he was in chaos in his mind. Because he did it three times. He did not keep his eyes and his, his focus upon Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, he was concerned about his own safety. The peace of God is activated when we submit to the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word. So submitting to Jesus is submitting to the Word. And when we are submitted to His Word, the Holy Spirit activates the sword that does surgery in our hearts and our minds to keep us in perfect peace. He says this about peace with God. Romans 5. Because some of you this morning, if you're not saved, you don't have peace with God. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not, it's not about embarrassing you because everybody in here that's saved at one time did not have peace with God. Everybody in here that's saved at one time, you did not have peace with God. Romans 5.1, therefore having been justified. I like the word justified. A good, cool way to say justified is, is just, as, just as if I had never sinned. we justified by faith. Okay? We have, because of, uh, because of this faith, we have peace with God through who? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What? We glory in tribulations? See, now this is where I want you to know. This is a test. This is the test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is a test. If tribulations come and you react in a carnal way, you don't have peace with God. If tribulations come, and some of you right now, you're in the middle of tribulations. Even the word doesn't even sound good. <laughs> tribulations. If you're, if you're in a tribulation, if you're in a, a circumstance right now that it seems tough, if you're in a place where, man, you are, man, there's things going on around you and you can't explain them, you don't like them, things are just seem like they're chaotic around you, if you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't have peace with God, you won't understand this verse. But listen, if you have peace with God, this is what he says, you will glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by whom? The Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit activates the peace of God in us. The 
John 16, Jesus laid it out before the disciples. Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Listen, the Father is with us. These things I have spoken to you that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I want to ask you this morning, don't answer out loud, but if there's tribulation going on in your life right now, are you cheerful about it? Most of the time we're not. Just to be honest. Stuff happens, and man, if there's a wreck, there's an illness, there's all this, we're not cheerful about it. Let's be honest. Most of us go, God, what have I done now? Why are you doing this now? And God says to be cheerful in our tribulations because He knows He, if, if we understand this, that we have peace with God, He's going to bring us through this where we're going to have a glorious hope and a glorious testimony of His love and His goodness. But we don't see a lot of that happen in our lives because we don't understand that we have the Prince of Peace within us. We don't understand that the sword of the, of the Lord is, is with us. That he is doing surgery on us. He is correcting some things in our lives that need to be corrected. And we have to allow him to do the surgery if we're ever going to get well. And there may be a scar, but that's okay. When we get to heaven, we're going to see the scars. These principles that I'm laying out for you this morning apply across the board. When you're submitted to the Word and you're submitted and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life, I promise you that your marriage will do great. Your job, it will go great. There can be chaos around you and, you're, and, and even at Christmas when all your family... How many have some family that is coming to Christmas and you're not that crazy about getting with them? Come on. So, just be honest. Oh, Uncle Joe... <laughs> You know? That person or persons, they need to see the love of Christ in you and the peace of God that passes understanding. And they need to hear you say, man, they need to see in your life, things don't look so good. But man, you seem to be at peace. You seem to walk through that okay. And that gives you the opportunity to tell them, about the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Now, finally, I want to I close with this. I think it's important. I, I didn't know if I'd be able to get to it, but I sped through the rest of it pretty quickly. <laughs> it's peace in the church. Peace in the body of Christ. How many of you have been a part of a body, church body that was in turmoil? Have you been part of a church that split? a lot of you. Have you been hurt by a pastor? Have you been hurt by me? Don't. don't, don't. <laughs> Just, whew, I was afraid I should let that go. Have you been hurt by uh, somebody else, a deacon or somebody in the church or an elder? Just hurt. You know, it happens, doesn't it? You know, people tell me that, well, I, they, they, they don't go to church anymore. They don't attend at a fellowship anymore. And you know what the, usually the reason is? Well, I've been hurt by a pastor. I've been hurt by this. I was hurt by that. this church split. And you know what I want to tell them? Get over it. Because every church is imperfect. Because it's full of imperfect people. And you know what? Usually the, the, the reason they don't go back is because they don't want to forgive. 
And if you don't want to forgive, I'm going to promise you this, you will have chaos in your life. Because God has asked us to be a people that we walk in forgiveness. Turn in your Bibles to Colossians 3. I want to show you that. There's a great description of, a, of a, an awesome church in Colossians 3. I'm not going to read all of it. I just want to start with verse 12. Then we're, going to, then we're going to pray. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God be the umpire of your heart, the arbitrator of your heart, the lawyer of your heart. Let the peace of God win out over your own selfish motives. Because everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's got an idea of how something should be done. And when somebody doesn't do it the way you want to, you can go and get all upset and get your feelings hurt. You say, well, I'm just not going to be part of that church because they don't listen to me. They don't want to be. You can go. You can cry. You can run away. Or you can let the peace of God rule your heart. And you can forgive those people. And you can ask them to forgive you for having a haughty spirit and thinking you knew everything. Thank you. Go read Colossians 3. And he says how we're supposed to look as a church. And you know what? I think we look pretty much like a, a Colossians 3 church. Amen. That's God. Let's give God glory for that. Let it rule. Let it win. Let peace live out in our lives with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a gift. Peace that the world can't understand. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Perfect peace that can only be found in Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Behold, I've come. I've got good news of great joy. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. He's not a God of division. He wants us all be one with Him. It just so happens we choose to reject and the division comes. So if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a divided person. And God wants to do surgery on your heart today and expose the fact that you're a sinner, but also expose the fact that He's a loving God that wants to save you. He wants to rescue you from your own self. That's who He is. He is a God of peace. He gives us this beautiful gift of peace. Does the Word of God contradict itself? No. But Jesus knew that although He offered to everyone His peace, that not everyone would receive it. If that's you today, this is your day of peace. Would you stand? Do we have the ministry team getting their places? I want to bless you with a scripture. And just recently, I don't, I don't remember who Mary Lee was listening to, but she'll hear something and, or hear a, a teaching and she'll show it to me. And that was beautiful. It's from the Old Testament in, in the book of Numbers, chapter 6. Many of you have heard this. Uh, this blessing that is spoken. And it says this, The Lord bless you and keep you. I'm going to speak this over you to, today. Would you receive this? The Lord bless you and keep you. 
You see, that's the Father in the Old Testament. You understand? The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That's the Son. His face shone upon us. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit activating the Word of God in your life to bring you the peace that passes understanding. The peace that the world cannot even get, the peace that the world can't understand, it's a godly, otherworldly peace that only can come from the Father. Only can come from the Son. Only can come from the Holy Spirit this morning. So this morning, if you do not have the peace that passes understanding because you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's what the, the invitation is first and foremost for you. We want you to know Him. We want you to have peace. Where there's been conflict in your life, we want you to have peace today. We want you to walk out of this building so on, knowing the God of peace has invaded and inhabited my life. He's done surgery on me today, and, and, and I need the surgery, and I need to be healed and whole. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, if there's one, if there's two, if there's ten that don't know you as Lord and Savior, they don't know that peace. Right now, in Jesus' name, we call them to that saving peace, that saving grace, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that they can't earn. They can't work and earn it. It's a gift. Just like all the other gifts we talked about, it's a gift. And while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, if that's you this morning, if you don't know that peace, I want to ask you to, to be very brave and step out and come to one of these ministers, either here in the front or in the back. Don't leave this, this place this morning not knowing the peace that passes understanding. Just step out and come. While every head's bowed, nobody's looking around, we want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? You don't know that peace. You really want the peace that passes understanding. Amen. Thank you, Father. You really want that peace. You're tired of the turmoil. You're tired of the conflict. You're tired of the voices that are going on in your heads. You want the peace that only God can give you today. If that's you, step out and come. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Isn't God good? He wants to save us. Can't, I can't even think of a better gift. We talk about these gifts. I can't think of a better gift than the gift of salvation. It's the best. It's the greatest miracle of all. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, today you can know Him. By faith you can know Him. You can receive the gift of salvation. Anybody else? And the, the next part of the invitation is this. If you have a need of anything this morning, prayer for anything, healing, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for, for a recommitment of your life today, you felt like, man, I have been walking in this peace, and you just want somebody to pray with you, we want to pray with you this morning. We want to pray with you this morning. So the, the invitation is open. Don't be embarrassed to come and get prayer. How many of you have ever come forward and got prayer before? Were you embarrassed? Okay. 
So don't be embarrassed to come and get prayer. That's what families do. We are not the dysfunctional family that is going to be meeting at Christmases all over the country. We are a functional family because we are under the unction of the Holy Spirit. We function under the unction. Anybody else need prayer? We want to pray for you this morning. Anybody else need prayer? Frank, you can come right down here to Basel. Try to get men to pray with men and women with women. Unless there's a couple, then anybody can come if there's a couple. Okay, I need some backup. Who's our backup, folks? Randy, your backup. Mary, Mary, your backup. Linda, Teresa. Okay, come on, we got time. Don't leave here this morning without getting prayer. If you need prayer, I want to tell. You, I want. We we got some testimonies. We're going to start sharing in the next few weeks. A man healed from, from a brain tumor, from cancer. Cancer of the brain this week healed. Doctors report it's gone. I don't know what to tell you, but it's gone. God's doing some awesome things here, guys. So don't think you don't limit God. He can't fix this because he can. All he's looking for is people that are willing to say yes to him. Anybody else? Anybody else?